Oh, hi, I'm Rachel Zoe, and my podcast, Climbing in Heels, is back and better than ever. You might know me from the Rachel Zoe Project, or perhaps from my work as a celebrity stylist. And guess what? I'm still just as obsessed with all things fashion, beauty, and business. Climbing in Heels is all about celebrating the stories of extraordinary women, and this season is here to bring you a weekly dose of glamour, inspiration, and fun. Listen to Climbing in Heels every Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Follow the money. That's what I always say. You always follow yeah, the money. Yeah, yeah. This is Follow the Money with Mitch Moss and Polly Howard on VSIN. Hey, hey, top of the morning to you. It's good to have you on board. It is Follow the Money on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Mitch Moss, Polly Howard. This show is brought to you by DraftKings. Big show lined up for you. You'll get into some uh, player props for Championship Sunday coming up here in a little bit. Matt Eumann's on the program today. His best bets for the week, Jonathan Von Tobel, some NBA. And we'll go to uh, San Francisco later on in the morning. John Lund will join the program from KMBR in San Francisco. Is Debo Samuel going to play in this game? Of course, Paulie, we uh, every day at this time of year, typically start with something in the NFL, but last night in the NBA with what took place, it was, I mean, how many times in history will you come in, wake up, and the discussion is a guy scored 62 points last night, and it wasn't even the most points scored by a player in the, in the league. Yeah. So we had one guy go for 70, who was your MVP frontrunner right now, Joel Embiid, and Carl Anthony Towns dropped, Towns dropped 62 in a loss, by the way. Yes. And how did that team give up 128 points? <laughs> we'll get to that coming up in a second. The Sixers scored 133. They couldn't cover, but the story is Embiid, 70 last night, and now he's down to plus 130 to win the MVP this morning at DraftKings. Well, how about he did it in 36 minutes? Yeah, right. That's the first 70, 15, and 5 in NBA history. Four times we've had two players score 60 in the same night. We've never had two players score at least 65 in the same night. That was in range, but it didn't happen. Towns had 44 in the first half. He only uh, scored. He was 2 of 10 from the floor yeah, in the fourth right, quarter. Right. Now, that that's, into, yeah, well, yeah, that, that's wild. You lose the game. But the tricky thing here with Embiid is – plus 130 as you mentioned but if he misses seven games he's not eligible for the award so and then two weeks ago he said my main focus is health not mvp sure so while he continues to put up ridiculous numbers and the first 70 15 and 5 in nba history uh, you can't just run out and say well this is a no-brainer he's going to win the mvp because he might take there could be an injury right he could have some rest they might sit him down with when we get later in the year so with these new rules here this is become uh wild how you you have to treat awards but the kid just continues i mean on a bad night he scores 30 now right what he's done well i mean when you look at it like this so Embiid, you wake up today he is now averaging 36.1 points per game on the year harden did that back in 1819 that was his average for the entire season when you go back and you know a lot of these players in the game today their hero growing up was kobe bryant and yesterday good job by you pointing that out it was the 18 year anniversary of kobe going for 81 did that play into it last night where these guys it was you know it meant that much to them where they wanted to do something special kobe that year averaged 35.4 points per game back-to-back years for michael jordan 87 88 it was 35 points per game but the year before that he averaged 37.1 points per game so I, I i do think and look we're coming in early here and it's easy to say that as of right now Embiid would win the mvp um and you know go make a bet on that guy but you're fighting two things not only can he only miss seven more games right 
let's not forget about how good of a season Joker's having. Uh-huh. It seems like every night yep. it's 31, 15, and 10, or something along those lines. And when you look at some of the advanced numbers, Jokic is still actually better than Embiid. And Embiid's putting up, you could actually say, he's, oh, he, this year he's playing out of his mind. He's the true MVP maybe today, uh, this year, compared to what he was last year. But regardless, um, some things that voters might take into effect now uh, with advanced numbers overall compared to previous years at dunksandthrees.com. Great website. They have their estimated um, plus minus. He is now plus 10.8 on the year. Shea Gilgis Alexander is plus 9.3. This is per 100 possessions. And Joker is down to 7.2. When you look at the per metric, Embiid is sitting at 35.65 and uh, Joker is 32.05. So now he is like, that's a massive gap between number one and number two for the Hollinger numbers there mm-hmm. with the per rating. Yeah. But I don't, again, like. And people are going to bring up what happened last year in the playoffs though too. Well, if they use it against Joker before last year, they're going to use it against Embiid, you would uh-huh. think. Yeah. Uh, ninth, he's the ninth player to score 70. Does that surprise you? That it's only nine or it's been that, that it's many? That many. Nine guys have done it? No, because it's now we've been alive for plenty of them now, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, Booker did it. Yeah. You know, David Robinson did it. Yeah. Um, I know I'm missing some, but clearly. Yeah, it's also wild that he does it on the anniversary of Kobe. Because yeah. you're thinking, because he get 80 now and he would have had it if he would have played a majority of the game. And then with the Minnesota angle, they came out and they said it after the game. Edwards said it. They were looking around thinking this guy might get 100. And the next thing you know, they blow an 18-point lead. They're number one in defense. <laughs> They're a 14-point home favorite against god-awful Charlotte, who's 10-31. and 31. Yeah. And next thing you know, we have a game. But uh, this is the, the talent in this league. Oh, it's and I, amazing. I mean, Cat's a big guy, and he hits 10 threes. He's the, how about this? He became the first player in the history of the league last night to make 10 twos, 10 threes, and 10 free throws. Wow. That's, I mean, that'll tell you about the talent overall, right? Yes. Yeah. He, that guy in any, any other era would just be ridiculous. He would stick out like a sore thumb, but he gets completely lost because so many players are just like better than him Mm -hmm. or they put up better numbers in cat. Right. Well, you saw with both teams though, Philly can't cover Minnesota can't even win the game. I know. So one guy's scoring every time down, you're standing around, you're looking at him. And then Fence called it immature basketball afterwards. I mean, I don't know what they were doing defensively, but then one guy struggles in the fourth quarter. One guy's taking the majority of the shots and then they, they can't even win the damn game. I know. And what happened? I mean, you're, you're right. You can't, how do you give up that many points at home to a bad team when oh, you're number one in defense? That, all of that, right? They it were take, out- completely takes away from the night. Yeah, it does. I mean, that's a kick to the breadbasket. You were outscored 36 to 18 at home in the fourth quarter. And you're a 14-point favorite, and Cat's doing that. And yeah, you're exactly right. Finch eviscerated the players after the game. That's an, that's a money quote, by the way, from yes. Anthony Edwards. Yes. We're standing around watching the guy. He might go for 100 when he's got 44 at halftime. And uh, that's, that's, I guess, the reason why. Just like, here you go, take over. And unfortunately for them and for Cat... He had that bad fourth quarter where it just keep shooting, pal. See if you can get 70 or more. And then he put, he was two of 10. Oh, in the fourth. sure. Good point. That's where you have to be careful and still respect the game. You can't just be focused on, well, this guy, let's see how many points he can get. And then if one guy's shooting, the other guys aren't in a rhythm. They're standing uh, right. around. And next thing you know, you're not playing real basketball and, and you blow the game. I mean, that shouldn't even be close there. The fact that you're up 18 against these guys, you should run them out. That's now back-to-back losses at home. After what happened, they were coming off the loss at home against OKC. Uh, yeah. So yep. still a young team. Weird stuff's going to happen. So uh, that, that's they're saying all the right things afterwards. You're the one seed. It's going to be important that you get that. And you don't want to blow this season. You're off to a great start as we're getting close to the All-Star break here. Yeah. This will give you an example, to your point, of how much talent there is in this league. Last night, Giannis Antetokounmpo, two-time MVP, right? He had 31, 17, and 10. On the season, in 35 minutes, he's averaging 31.2 points, 11.5 rebounds, 6 assists, shooting 60% from the floor. He's 11 to 1 to win the MVP. And I would tell you, as of this yeah. morning, that's too long. Like, or I, I'm sorry, that's too short. It's too short. He should be higher than that because he basically, when you put him up against Joker and Embiid, unless something happens to those two guys, and I'll throw in Shea Gilgis Alexander, he's not winning the MVP this year. Yeah. And he's, just, he's putting up insane numbers. You're right. And you're right. Joker has entered Jordan territory, where it's just he, he's going to get a triple-double on accident no matter what he does. And he's so good, and his numbers are so good. Yeah. It's and just like, like you're, you're used, yeah, right. 
it's boring. It's no big deal. Like you, you couldn't give Jordan the MVP every year, even though you you could have. Yeah, you could have. Should have. So it's going to be the same thing with with Joker. He could win it every year if the voters decide uh, to do that. And still with Embiid, who's putting up better numbers, it's the injury concern, or at least uh, or health. And if he if he misses time the rest of the way. Yeah. So we can't advocate betting Embiid today. I would not even put him in parlays if that's available, where you can bet um, with your legal sports books. I wouldn't do that just because, again, when he—that's the double whammy, right? There's a chance he misses more time, and he's already talked about that. Because I think at this point he also recognizes, look, it's great. I'm, I, I've now been recognized as the best player in the NBA for a single season. That's what I wanted to do once in my life. He won that, and now he also, on the other side, realizes that I. I get ridiculed because I can't get out of the second round of the playoffs. So this yep. year is about yep. doing what Joker did last year, and that's making a run, get to the finals, and see if I can win a, a ship here. And the Eastern Conference playoffs are going to be fantastic. That's another one too, because they're going to with some they're going to make some yeah. moves. Philly's going to make a move. Other trades are happening. The Pacers got Siakam. The Knicks got OG. All right. I mean, these are teams that weren't even supposed to compete and weren't even contenders, and they're improving themselves, trying to get up there and taking yeah. a shot. Yeah. So it's like the, it's the old uh, Daryl Morey line. Even if you have a five percent chance, you have to go for it, and these teams are doing it. So that's refreshing. Yep. And I think these teams at the very top, that's the thing, right? Some of the teams below Philly, Boston, by the way, winners last night at Dallas, um, small favorite in that game. Tatum and Brown were awesome. They combined to go for more than 70. And the Bucks, like those three teams are probably going to do something here. Well, look at what happened last year with the Heat. That's another reason why you have to go for it. You don't know. Mm-hmm. I mean, you get hot at the right time. There can be an upset. Someone can have an injury. Next thing you know, my God, we're in the conference finals. Yep. And you can, you can do this. And remember... Like ESPN, their numbers, the BPI, I think, before the Eastern Conference final started, they gave the Celtics like a 97% chance to win it per their numbers. And, be, you know, you blink twice. Oh, they're down 03. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and they were just completely fatigued and out of gas and they weren't coming back. They made it a good series, but that's, uh, I mean, you can get surpassed in the night right it's like two ships passing each other in the nba because these teams are paul there was a time not that long ago where every single year before the season started you could name like three teams that are going to win the championship that's it no doubt now there's like 15 Mm -hmm. so it's a totally different sport than what it was 10 15 years ago right celtics are stacked but one injury changes everything of course right but also you have considerable depth now in both conferences and the west is wide open too even though we have to respect the champs um Guy scores 70 points in 36 minutes. My God. 21 to 23 from the line. Yeah. And 24 to 41 from the floor last night. He's one of the best shooters in the league. Oh, he's great. I'm, I'm, I'm just freaking out big guys. Just one of the best shooters. I'm actually an I'm outside su- jumper that he has. I'm surprised when he misses from 15 feet yeah, or from the free throw line. Yeah, good point. By the way, one of those two teams now, well, three teams, I should say, rumored to maybe be involved in a big trade. Details on that and win-lose next. Hi, I'm Rachel Zoe, and I'm back for another season of my podcast, Climbing in Heels. You might know me from the Rachel Zoe Project or perhaps from my work as a celebrity stylist. And guess what? I'm still just as fully obsessed with all things fashion, beauty, and business. My podcast, Climbing in Heels, is all about celebrating the stories of extraordinary women, and this season, we're taking things up a notch. I'll be talking to some incredible women across so many industries, from models and beauty industry stars to doctors, entrepreneurs, and TV personalities. Climbing in Heels is here to bring you a weekly dose of glamour, inspiration, and fun. Every week, listeners will be able to ask me any questions. I'm answering it all. My life is absolutely crazy with so much going on, and I'm so beyond excited to bring you along for the ride. Whether we're talking red carpet looks, current trends, or products I'm obsessed with, I'm here to be your fashion fairy godmother. Listen to Climbing in Heels every Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market. 
as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft. I'm your host, Andrew Levy, and I'll be delivering two shows a week to make sure you're caught up on the very latest NFL news, including every free agency move and how it changes the draft needs of your favorite team. Draft experts and talent scouts, mock drafts, and a few shock drafts, too. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is already on the clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Follow the Money on VSEN. We'll be doing it all week with the props. They're already up at DraftKings, and new customers can bet $5 on any game. You get 200 instantly in bonus bets. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use code VEASAN. You'll be blown away by the menu, every sport, everything that's offered, only on DraftKings Sportsbook. Code VEASAN. The crown is yours. All right, VEASAN host Matt Humans joins the program. Now I'll get some best bets for tonight and this week. His show is called VEASAN Tonight. It's uh, 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific. Monday through Friday here on VSIN. Matt, thanks for the time. Good to talk to you as always. I said yesterday about the AFC title game. Part of me uh, said immediately, you need to bet the Ravens when it was minus three, minus 120. And then the other part said, hey, idiot, you're betting against Patrick Mahomes then. So I don't have a bet on this game yet. Um, how are you? How are you looking at it? Well, I took three and a half with the Chiefs right away. And, uh, you know, if I want to, I come back with the Ravens on the money line or something later in the week. But I really thought the number was going to be three. I didn't think we'd see a three and a half. Uh, to give Mahomes three and a half is uh, something I had to take here. This is just the sixth time in his career Mahomes has got three points or more. He's 5-0 and oh against the spread in those games. And I was on the Chiefs last week against the Bills. I'm going to ride him again here. And um, it, it, the big difference is the Baltimore defense is much better than the Buffalo defense. Mm-hmm. And you know, that was a big part of the reason why I played the Chiefs last week. The Bills were so beat up at the linebacker and secondary spots that I thought Travis Kelsey and you know Mahomes would be able to take advantage of that. And that's not going to be the case this week against the Ravens. So it's going to be a much tougher matchup. You know, we could talk for a long time about how the Bills screwed up that game. Sean McDermott, Josh Allen, Stephon Diggs, et cetera. A lot of people are just going to blame it on the kicker. Even if Tyler Bass made that kick, the Bills are probably still going to lose the game, and a lot of people aren't paying attention to that. Uh, I think one thing about the Chiefs I really like is the way Isaiah Pacheco is running the ball. He's like a battering ram right now, and it gives that offense just a little bit more balance if they can stick with the run. And the Kansas City defensive front is tough. And so I, I think this is going to be another one of those type of games. It goes down to the wire. And to me, it was more about betting the number and uh, betting on Mahomes at three and a half. I think that's uh, the way to go early in the week. Okay. And we'll see if I change my mind. But right now, I'm going to stick with the three and a half. You always say buying on bad news. And for much of the season, the Niners were the number one team and power rated team. And everyone was in love with them. And they were blowing everybody out. And now Purdy has a hiccup here. And, and America's team, now the Lions taking support. Six and a half here at Circa. What do you think with the Debo situation and what you're going to do with the Niners six and a half or seven in the, in the, in the late game? I don't know if I'm going to do anything with that. And I think Debo's going to play. I would expect that he does not have a fracture in the shoulder. So I think he's going to be out there. Here's the thing. A lot of times you want to bet the opposite of what you saw last in the NFL. And yeah, I know the Niners struggled, but Wes Reynolds and I were talking about this on the show last night. They got their scare from the Packers. It wouldn't surprise me if they blew out the Lions this week. That Detroit defense has really got some issues. Baker Mayfield, Matthew Stafford have uh, exploited that secondary the last couple weeks, and I think the Niners are going to be able to do the same thing. And, you know, say what you want to about Brock Purdy, but he came up big clutch on that last drive to win the game. I, I want to know what Kyle Shanahan's thinking at the end of the first half. Oh, it was bad. Terrible. Uh, it doesn't get much worse than that. So, 
I, I, I would expect the Niners to win the game. I don't know what I'm going to do, how I'm going to bet this one yet, but uh, I, I don't want the Lions in, in this spot. I don't. I actually just don't trust the Detroit defense at all. I think, you know, we saw the best of the Lions here the last couple of weeks at home. That electric atmosphere, it's going to be a different story on the road in San Francisco. Follow the money here on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. Our guest, Matt Eumanns, his show is called VEASAN tonight, 9 p.m. Eastern. 6 p.m. on the West Coast. College basketball tonight, it's a really big night with teams that are ranked in the top 25. Let's start in the Big 12 here. Oklahoma is taking on Texas. They're at home. They're laying four and a half. Texas, great game against Baylor over the weekend with a buzzer-beater win uh, against the Baylor Bears. Good win for Texas. Um, but what do you make of this number tonight between these two teams? How stacked is the Big 12 oh, in basketball, crazy. by the way? I mean, it is insane. 14 teams, and 12 of them are good. And uh, tonight, Houston, which is number one in the Ken Palm ratings, goes up against BYU, which is number 10. Both teams are top 20 in offensive and defensive efficiency. Uh, but here's the thing with the Cougars. They haven't really been tested away from home too many times. Talked about this on your show a couple weeks ago when they went to uh, Iowa State and ended up losing that game by four that night as a three-point road favorite. Then the Cougars went to TCU and lost by one. Uh BYU, tough in Provo, last week blew out Iowa State by 15. Uh, I actually, you know, if you look at Houston, adjusted tempo number 351 in college basketball. This is a really slow-paced team. BYU is a skilled offensive team with shooters, a little bit of a clash of styles here. Uh, again, tough home court. Give me the home dog here, BYU plus two and a half. You got some... You got some guys who can light it up. A lot of people probably don't know Jackson Robinson, Spencer Johnson, but this is a really good BYU team. And again, Big 12 home courts have been strong. And uh, I think BYU plus two and a half is the right play here. As far as Oklahoma, Texas, uh, you said it, Mitch, the uh, Longhorns wanted the buzzer against uh, Baylor. And I think this is a really good spot to bet against them here on the road. Texas beat Oklahoma in two tight games last year. Porter Moser is doing a great job with this team. This number opened three and a half overnight. And I think the sharp money's got it right here because the three and a half's already been bet up to four and a half and five. So uh, lay four and a half with the Sooners. And uh, what's, what's a bad spot for Texas? All right, that sounds good. BYU got to be in a bad mood after blowing that big lead uh, as well yeah. over the weekend. How about some golf plays? And then what a start to the golf season, which we mentioned yesterday. But the guys who have won tournaments already, a 500 to 1, a 300 to 1, a 200 to 1, will it continue? Who do you like this weekend? Yeah, I'm glad I haven't met, bet much on the golf futures board so far because we have not been really uh, close to anything. And these, these long shots have, hit, have been crazy. I mean, this is. Uh, Something you're probably never going to see again in golf. But this week at Torrey Pines, this is one of my favorite tournaments, but it's not an elevated event. So you've got no Scotty Shuffler, no Justin Thomas, no Chan Rahm, obviously, no Rory. None of the superstars are going to be out there. And you got Xander Shoffley as a favorite. Torrey is one of those uh, courses, and it's one of those tournaments where uh, course history is very strong indicator of who you should bet. And uh, Jason Day is actually in pretty good form. I haven't bet Day much at all in the last uh, two or three years. But he tied for third here in 2022. Uh, he actually tied for seventh last year. Day has won here before at Torrey Pines. I think that's a player you got to look at even at 25 to 1. It's not a great number, but 25 is, one, 25 is good enough to get me on uh, Jason Day here. And Sahif Tagala, when I went to this tournament last year, I followed him around a little bit. I was impressed with his game. And uh, he actually, I think, has been getting better and better. And he was a winner in mid-September in California. He tied for fourth at Torrey last year at 9 under four strokes back and he's at 35 to one. Yeah. There's going to be some long shots on the leaderboard this week. I don't know who they are, but I can tell you that Sahith Figala and Jason Day are good, good bets to be up there on the leaderboard as well. And uh, those numbers are enough to, uh, Bet those guys. I, I think you can also bet those guys on placement markets. Mitch and I were talking about this top 10, top 20. That's another good way to bet golf. Oh, that's the way I'm going to have to approach it this entire year because, I mean, when it's this unpredictable, I mean, how many tickets are books writing on guys at 525 to 1 or 400 to 1? So landing, <laughs> on, landing on a guy like that to win pre tournament right. is, come on, that's not going to happen very often. So taking other guys, like I had three guys last week outright posting 
Eric Cole and um, Hadwin. I also bet them in the top 20. So th- it would have been a losing week, but thank God I had them for some top 20 placement markets. That's well said. That's a good way to bet it. And uh, if you're a bookmaker right now, you love golf because you've been scooping the pot on the futures board. No kidding. Well said. Mm-hmm. You can catch Matt's show. It's called VEASAN tonight, 9 p.m. Eastern and 6 p.m. West Coast time right here on VEASAN Monday through Friday. Thanks, Matt. Best of luck this week. Okay, you bet. Thanks. Yep. Thank you. So he's going to go to war with uh, BYU against Houston. Well, I'll have more on this game coming up a little bit later on. It is definitely a contrast of styles tonight between the two Cougars. One of the toughest places to play in the country. Yeah. Humans very active on social media last uh, week or so, defending Culver's with all these lists that have been going on with the fast food. Big time Culver's fan. Nothing gets him riled up. No. Oh, yeah. Like, well, he's the expert on Like it, a good so. cheeseburger. Yeah. Everyone's, you know. <laughs> Everyone wants to chime in with their list, but we have the expert here at the network. Come on. There's no one better. This guy, this is his lifestyle. He's the number one authority in the entire country. Yeah. All paper plates. Doesn't own, doesn't own (laughs) silverware. That's right. Did he say he was going through his cupboard and he found taco shells that were like six years old? Oh, yes, of course. Yeah. (laughs) Tried them. He's still pretty good. Why not? Yeah. Yeah. Nothing at the house. No. Never does dishes. Never, never runs oh, the dishes dishwasher. Oh, dishes, That's right. Yep. All paper plates. When's the last time you think he That's bought right. a bottle of Dawn dish soap? Ever? <laughs> He's probably never. Oh, had. good one. <laughs> yeah, good one. Oh man. <laughs> Up next, we'll discuss teams in the NFL that we find intriguing for next year. Where will some of these win totals open? As follow the money on Visa and the Sports Betting Network. This is Follow the Money with Mitch Moss and Polly Howard on VSIN. Welcome in. It is Follow the Money. Mitch Moss, Polly Howard. We're live in downtown Las Vegas from the Circa Resort and Casino. This show is brought to you by DraftKings. Starting this hour with some NBA talk. Uh, for those of you maybe just waking up now early in the morning, uh, Joel Embiid went nuts last night. He scored 70. And we started the show with this a couple hours ago saying, how many times will another player in the NBA score 62 like Carl Anthony Towns did last night? And he's not the leading scorer of the night. Yes. Huh? Yeah. Uh, yeah. And Jonathan Von Tobel is the senior NBA betting analyst here at VEASAN. His podcast is called Hardwood Handicappers. Always a great listen. He joins us now. Morning, JVT. How are you? Good. And I would actually ask, uh, when's the next time it happens this season, right? 62 and you're not the leading scorer. Could, given the way that these guys are scoring. Yeah. Will we have, here's a good prop maybe for a book. Will we have another night in the NBA where two, two or more players score 50 plus points? I don't Ooh, yeah. six, 60 is getting a little nuts, but how about 50 plus in one night? And so based on what MB did last night, this is tricky, right? Because you got to play 65 games yep. to win awards this year. He's down to plus 130. He's averaging 36.1 points per game. What is your MVP betting advice to the audience today? I mean, it's hard to pass up on Embiid when he was, especially when we were talking about, uh, he was in the range of about like seven to one uh, when he first came back from this injury stint that he was on. Um, and, you know, Femi Bebefe texted me. He's like, we, you know, you got to get on this thing in terms of MVP because you know, really all you're fighting against is whether or not he's going to miss time. Because I think statistically at this point right now, guys, he's going to win MVP if he keeps on track and plays enough games. I mean, some of the numbers with his efficiency, he's shooting 50% on mid-range jumpers. It's absolutely insane. You expect it to go in every single time Mm -hmm. it leaves his hands when he's in that free throw area his efficiency numbers are on par with last year even though his usage is the highest it's been of his career like across the board these numbers are tremendous and by the way he is set to blow out his assist rate his previous career high in terms of individual assist rate as well so i do think that statistically he's on par the question is just do you trust that he's not going to miss you know enough games here down the stretch and i would think that he is going to be a guy that does not rest unless absolutely needed. I do think that MVP does matter to a guy like Joel Embiid and, and to this team, especially considering how the last few years have gone and he finally gets one last year. So I, I think that you're in a good position now. I think it's kind of gone already. Like, I don't want you to invest at plus 130, considering that you have such a tight window to work with here. But that was the time when he came back from injury and the market freaked out because of the missed time that was in. And if you got in around that seven to one range, you're in a pretty good position. Paulie said, couple hours ago it is sick how much talent is in this league and to his point 
Giannis had what 31, 17, 17 and 10 last night. And it's like, uh, I'm kind of bored by that. Yep. Absolutely. I mean, in fairness to that performance, though, sorry, you, you can't be going back and forth with the Detroit Pistons, right? Like, no, I know. You know, I it's, know. It, right? It's it's a great performance. So you throw what you went thirty-one, seventeen, and ten. It was absolutely tremendous. But when you give up like a half-court defensive rating of over a hundred to the Pistons, you know, you duel with them in consecutive games. I think that's why you get lost. It's not only the performance against the opponent; it's the opponent themselves. You know, but the Bucks have kind of been just floating around that two seed. But it's been such a weird and unimpressive stretch that has gotten them at that, that point where you're right. Like we're so numb to these performances where about 10 years ago, we'd be like, holy smokes, this leads sports center. But on a single night, you have 70 points, you have 62, and then you've got a 30 point triple double 17 assists. And we're just like, yeah, that one can go in the back burner. Yeah. Yep. Uh, by the way, Mark Stein reporting the bucks could be players for DeJounte Murray. What is your gut feeling about that? Yeah, I think that fits a little bit better than what we're looking at with like, you know, like a Trey Young, for example, like Damian Lillard can play off ball, right? We've seen that a couple of times now. He's already playing with the ball dominant guy in Giannis Antetokounmpo and they need a guard at the point of attack. Damian Lillard has not had a good defensive season and it's not all of his fault, but they are a subpar defensive team and a lot of it starts with their pick and roll defense at the guard position and that's Damian Lillard. So if you could put DeJounte Murray in there and I should note, DeJounte Murray is a very overrated defender. Like he's not a, exactly what his reputation is, but he's still better than what Damian Lillard provides and he also gives you a guard that can lead your offense when you stagger those two and when Damian Lillard's not on the floor you know point guard is their weakest position so if they can barge their way in and get in there and acquire him with whatever they have left I would say it's only a positive given the weaknesses of this team and I would absolutely love it now I don't know if that's the move that makes me run to the counter to go bet Milwaukee to win the east to win the to win the NBA finals but at the very least it, it makes a team that has a very clear weakness better in that position and I think that's only going to help them when you're talking about trying to make up the gap between them and Boston, which clearly there's a pretty big one right now. What do you think uh, of the Knicks and the Pacers since they made these two big trades in the last time we've talked to you? You know, it's it, they're kind of like like boring trades, and I know that might sound a little, but like for both of these teams, Paul, like neither trade is really making you run to go and bet them outside of maybe some adjusted win totals. You know, for the New York Knicks, for example, OG Adobe fits really well. They went on that tear where they won five or six straight games or blowing opponents out, uh, but it was a lesser schedule, right? And now as we've kind of seen them kind of even out, they're a very good team. They should be able to beat up on some of these bad teams. They get Brooklyn tonight and they should be able to win and cover that game considering the situations Brooklyn in and after they lost that game on Sunday. But outside of that, I don't think that pushes you toward, you know, the teams like Philly, like Milwaukee, like Boston. I think that solidly puts you in contention for a four seed and you should maybe be able to push for home court. We'll see if you can get it out of Cleveland and maybe get another four or five matchup with Cleveland like we saw last year. But I don't think that makes you a finals contention tender. And as far as Indiana is concerned, I think that solidly puts you inside of the top six. But again, when you play as bad as you do defensively, when you lose to Portland in the first game with Pascal Siakam, yeah. when you blow and you know, when you lose, of course, the way you do to Phoenix as well, you can't really hold on. It's just a team that is not going to be good enough defensively. I don't think to even win a playoff series with Pascal Siakam. Okay. So that game tonight, Knicks Nets opened up Knickerbockers lane three. It's up to four and a half or five still bettable in your opinion. I think so. For those who have not been paying attention to this slide that the Brooklyn Nets have on, it's not just like right giving up a 22 to nothing run and losing to the Los Angeles Clippers and failing to cover in not that covering. game. Uh, it, 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 that was insane. But like, and I had the I had the Clippers team total in that game, and I was lucky to get that thing over. But the fact that if you went out there and laid it is absolutely insane. But guys, if you go back to and we get the date for you, if you go back to December 13th. Uh, so they went to Phoenix, the Brooklyn Nets did. They won that game and they covered. Since that moment, they only have three covers. Like they have been absolutely abysmal over the last month. They're one of the worst defensive teams. Their half court defense is abysmal. And for a team like New York, who, you know, they're, they're kind of like a bully, where if you're taking on some of these lesser opponents, they can get out there and win by margin. I still think four and a half is playable. Brooklyn's just not in a good spot right now. There was this weird kind of faux report that people thought Spencer Dinwiddie was quiet quitting with how poorly he was playing on the floor. They're a team that could be selling off all of these pieces. I think at this point right now, there's no reason to look at this Brooklyn team and expect anything other than uh, futility as we move forward. And I, I would expect that this is a pretty good spot still for New York mm -hmm. to come in and get a winning cover. I agree with you. How about one of the wins though, Friday? They put 130 up on the Lakers and ran them out on the road. The Lakers yeah. at DraftKings are plus 120 to make the playoffs. Uh, what do you think if there's, if, about the Lakers, Golden State's a mess. Uh, the, and if, if there's value there on the Jazz, it's six to one. 
I so I, I think so. The, 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 so the problem with the Jazz, Paul, is just just like even it was after one of the wins that they had recently, right? Where Will Hardy even said essentially, and I'm paraphrasing, like we know what this is, right? Which is in a month from now, we could see some of these guys gone mm-hmm. because if you get a good enough deal, then some of these guys are going to be out. But you know that Larry Markin, I think, is going to stick around. But some of the ancillary pieces could be on their way out, and I think that's the only thing that is a danger. If you tell me right now that you can guarantee the Jazz are going to stay together, then I think they are going to be a play-in team because I don't think you're in danger of getting you know passed up by the Rockets. I think the only worry is that the Golden State Warriors, who are currently two games back, uh, finally start to put some things together, and I think they're good enough to do it. And they've had a lot of time off here, obviously, with the unfortunate passing of their assistant coach that maybe they're going to be able to start to turn things around with Draymond back. But outside of that, like, I think you're looking at a team like the Lakers who are in danger of potentially falling out. We know that they're not going to have LeBron James tonight against the Clippers. You mentioned the bad loss. Like, that was a terrible loss against Brooklyn. You can't lose a game like that. I I think the Jazz are pretty live here, but it's just you got to be able to guarantee what you can if this team is going to stick together. And I'll be very interested to see what the market does post-trade deadline. If they're still together and the market doesn't adjust and increase their odds, potentially make the playoffs, I think that's worth coming in and betting the Utah Jazz if we know they're going to be together post-trade deadline. I'll ask you this, and it's Follow the Money here on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. Our guest, VEASAN's senior NBA analyst, Jonathan Von Tobel. Clippers are laying between 8.5 and 9 tonight um, against the Lakers. It was around this time last year where I bought, I think, as low as possible on the Lakers at 47-1 to to win the Western Conference. Things were looking like they were, you know, at that point, it was like, okay, they're going to make a bunch of moves. This is not the finished product at all. Maybe it was a little bit earlier in January. Regardless, they made the Western Conference Finals before getting swept by Denver. Why do I have zero desire to bet the Lakers this year? I think it's because like it's a couple of things, right? The, the first thing is I, I think that we need to understand how nicely that bracket broke for them last year, right? You get a Memphis Grizzlies team yeah. that was absolutely shattered with injuries. You get a Golden State team that doesn't have anybody physically that matches up with you. Like it breaks perfectly for them. And then you see what happens in the Western Conference Finals where like, we, we can call it the most competitive sweep in basketball is a sweep. You, you lost all four games. You saw that gap, Mitch. And I think that's part of the reason is they ran back a play-in team. And so now you look around and you're going, okay, like what are the moves? And one of the moves is clutch client DeJounte Murray. DeJounte Murray, I don't think he's going to make that difference. You know, we talk about fit. I don't really love the fit. Like when you talk about DeJounte Murray playing off ball, not being an elite catch and three, you know, catch and shoot three point shooter, not entirely fitting. I don't think there's a move that really pushes this team forward. And there's no real, I think, path. Maybe we'll see what happens with injuries and how things shake out. But you look at the top of the Western Conference, Mitch. I mean, when we're talking about Minnesota, Oklahoma City, Denver, the Los Angeles Clippers, you go on and on. Who would you want to play the Los Angeles Lakers in in one of those series, right? Because they're clearly the worst team that every single one of those teams that could be in front of them. So barring a, a path that forms like that. I think that's why you don't want to. And also to your point, you said you got them at about 47 to one. They're still about 25 to one. Like that's not worth investing in at this point. No, thank you. Do you have a best better two for tonight? Yeah, so it's going to be uh, the the Nuggets at minus four and a half. It's a short card, so there's not a lot mm-hmm. going on. But I think the Nuggets minus four and a half is going to be up there. Uh, that's the only bet I've made so far. And then I think if you want to, if you want to have something a little bit later tonight, uh, if you're looking at, let me get the number for you here really quickly. But the Los Angeles Clippers, their team totals have been something I've been messing with, uh, especially here against the uh, the Lakers without LeBron James. They've been elite offensively, and uh, since they're going to be together in a little bit of a revenge spot. Remember, about a month ago, a little less on a Sunday, they went out there to L.A. and of course uh, fell flat on their face and lost a bad game they're going to be up for this uh 120 and a half on a team total over for the clippers tonight uh, might be worth looking at as well all right and you can follow jvt on x he's at me jvt and you can also get his podcast called hardwood handicappers it's great does it on a daily basis wherever you get your podcast thanks pal we appreciate the time today best of luck thanks for having me on guys appreciate it thank you be good there you go up next we'll recap more of last night's betting action paulie's going to run it all down for you in win some lose some next here on vsin Hi, I'm Rachel Zoe, and I'm back for another season of my podcast, Climbing in Heels. You might know me from the Rachel Zoe Project or perhaps from my work as a celebrity stylist. And guess what? I'm still just as fully obsessed with all things fashion, beauty, and business. My podcast, Climbing in Heels, is all about celebrating the stories of extraordinary women, and this season, we're taking things up a notch. I'll be talking to some incredible women across so many industries, from models and beauty industry stars to doctors, entrepreneurs, and TV personalities. 
Climbing in Heels is here to bring you a weekly dose of glamour, inspiration, and fun. Every week, listeners will be able to ask me any questions. I'm answering it all. My life is absolutely crazy with so much going on, and I'm so beyond excited to bring you along for the ride. Whether we're talking red carpet looks, current trends, or products I'm obsessed with, I'm here to be your fashion fairy godmother. Listen to Climbing in Heels every Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take DC. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft. I'm your host, Andrew Levy, and I'll be delivering two shows a week to make sure you're caught up on the very latest NFL news, including every free agency move and how it changes the draft needs of your favorite team. Draft experts and talent scouts, mock drafts, and a few shock drafts, too. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is already on the clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Follow the Money on VSEN. If you haven't checked it out already, get up there to the new vcin.com. Adam Burke on the importance of Samuel and previewing both title games Sunday. Check it out, the new vcin.com. Fresh new look. Check it out today. Okay, we're going to hit the Niners and Lions game here. John Lund joins the program, longtime radio host in the Bay Area. His show is called Papa and Lund. 10A to 2P on KNBR 680 in the Bay Area. John, it's good to talk to you as always. How are you? How are you, my friend? Oh, it's great to talk to you guys. How you doing, man? Getting ready for another NFC Championship game. Yeah, no. What is this? Four and five years now mm. for the 49ers overall. Yeah, four and five. Yeah, and they finally get one at home last year. Obviously, Philly with with Brock getting hurt the year before they were in LA and Chukwaski Tart dropped a punt interception that lost the game. So that's right. They're open for a better result. Okay, yeah. so we ranked our quarterbacks for the final eight teams remaining in the playoffs last week. And we each had Purdy over Goff. We kind of re-examined that today. Uh, he was not, I mean, when it mattered most, give the kid credit. He shined. I thought he was really, really good. Also, nice touchdown pass to George Kittle. What is your level of concern in this game and moving forward in a potential Super Bowl matchup uh, with Brock Purdy? If it's going to rain, it's high. Uh, yeah. He was messing around with the glove, took it on, took it off. And for a kid who played at Iowa State, he just has not played well in rain. Go back to the Cleveland game this year. He just hasn't figured it out. So we're looking right now in the Bay Area, which you know of, Mitch. It's just, and you guys both know, you know, at this time of year, it could be 52 in rain or fog, or it could be 70. And right now it's projected to be 70 and dry. So if you're getting Brock Purdy in in dry weather, I think he's one of the better guys. I'm not or at that elite level, but I've, I've basically sat here and defended him all season long, and people think it's just the offense or just Shanahan or just playmakers. Look, he's great for this offense, but for some reason, in weather, rain, here, he just hasn't figured it out. So, look, it, it, you can't sugarcoat it. He was terrible up until that final drive in which he went six or seven. He was missing throws, but more importantly to me was he was missing reads. One of the reasons he's been so good in this offense and Kyle likes him so much is he lets it rip, and if it gets intercepted, he's okay with it. But the reality is, is that in wet weather, he's been terrible, but he has been the key. I mean, in wins, it's 28 touchdowns and two interceptions in losses. It's three touchdowns and nine interceptions. Mm. So really for all the talent that is here, as Brock goes, so goes the 49ers offense. Great answer. Great breakdown. Let's, let's say it doesn't go well. He's erratic. He's missing reads. It's a little bit like the Monday night massacre and what happened Saturday. They like to dance and, you know, uh, cousins, Rogers, Brady rumors have always been out there over this organization. Yeah. What would they do next year if they lose and he doesn't play well? 
Well, I, I think the time has passed for Tom Brady. I know that story was out there uh, last week, and it, it was because he was coming off such a major injury, which I think people forget about. He didn't have an off season. So for that particular time, I think Tom Brady would have fit. And yeah, I know what people are going to say. Kirk Cousins is out there. Kyle Shanahan has loved Kirk Cousins. He's going to be a free agent, obviously, this year. I just don't see it. I don't see them making that big of a commitment. Brady was kind of a unique situation where Brady could come in for a year. He could play. He would be done. And then Brock pretty no worse for the wear, although you could tell he's a competitive guy, so he didn't like that situation. But he would have understood it. Kirk Cousins is a guy who's going to get a multi-year contract. And although Mike or Kyle Shanahan has been obsessed with him for a number of years, I just don't see it happening. So win or lose, Brock Purdy is going to be their guy going forward. Okay. Follow the money here on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. Our guest, John Lund. His show is called Papa and Lund on KMBR 680 in San Francisco weekdays, 10A to 2P. Another big question mark is Debo Samuel and his status for this game on Sunday. Adam Schefter tweeted yesterday, Call it about 50-50. It's early in the week here, John. Uh, but if you had to bet on Debo playing in this game against the Lions, would you bet on the yes or the no? I'd bet on the yes because of, of where we are in the season. If this is a regular season game, of course he's not going to play. This this happened against Cleveland. He had a hairline fracture in his shoulder, and he missed a couple of games. And it was a very similar situation in that they lost him on the first play. Well, they lost him against Green Bay on the fourth play. And the reason why it matters and the reason why it changes so much he physically is one player. I understand that, but he is in so many different formations. And I know of the game plan last week. He's like losing three or four players for the 49ers. He's in the slot. He's in the backfield. He lines up in so many different ways. He's in motion, a number of different ways. Kyle Shanahan, especially in the playoffs. If you remember a couple of years ago when they used him as a running back and there was a lot of debate of whether he even wanted to play that position. And it was because of injuries. And then the next season, which was last season, they didn't use it as much, but then in the playoffs they did. And what they do is, and a lot of teams do this in every sport, is that they may not use a guy, a quarterback may not run as much, or whatever the case may be, because you're watching for injury. But in the playoffs, they use Debo a ton and in a different in a bunch of different formations. So in the case of Kyle Shanahan, here he loses basically his gadget weapon for this game early, and he was a heavy part of the offense. And it took them a long time to adjust. And there's nobody who can take over that position. There's, it, it's just, Ray Ray McLeod, Joan Jennings, those guys aren't the same kind of player. So when they lose Debo, it's a big part of the offense. So he won't rely on him as much as far as the game plan is concerned. But I'd be absolutely shocked if Debo didn't play because it's the NFC Championship. You mentioned Purdy in the, in the rain. What's a weather report for Sunday? Yeah. And I was stunned. I, I was stunned that they weren't prepared with their cleats in the rain and they were slipping mm-hmm. all over the place on defense Saturday. I agree with you 100%, Paul. I mean, they—they, they, I don't know why they weren't prepared and why Green Bay was. I mean, we were debating that yesterday on my show. You know, Green Bay, I guess, comes from a place where the weather's worse. But they should have known. It was raining all week. It's been raining here for two weeks. Now, as far as Sunday is concerned, it's supposed to be 70 and clear. But it wasn't supposed to be as bad as what the weather turned out to be early in the week last week either. So things can quickly change around here. It's still raining today. So it's, there's going to be rain up until that point. So it's supposed to be nice, and it's a massive difference for for Purdy as far as the cleats. I I can't tell you. I'm shocked as you were. Obviously, Ward fell down for a long game by Dobbs. Uh, Gibson fell down on a touchdown pass to Melton. Um, They were slipping all over this place. Uh, It was weird because offensively not as bad, although Jawan Jennings slipped on one in which he could have got up for one, but he Mm -hmm. slipped on his cut. So the Packers weren't slipping at all, and especially defensively the 49ers were, so I would expect them to change it. But I'm with you. I was shocked that on your own home field – to not have the right footwear, as weird as that sounds. I mean, every detail matters in the playoffs. And Green Bay wasn't slipping around, but especially defensively. And on long defensive line, I talked to some guys after the game, along the defensive line, they weren't getting a lot. So they obviously made an error in, in, uh, in their preparation for the game, which shocked me. It was a rough game, too, with the special teams. What's your level of concern there and also with oh. Moody? <laughs> Uh, I, look, I, I, it, it's well documented around here that I, I wouldn't have taken a third round kicker. It's nothing against the kid. I just think it's ridiculous. I mean, you look uh-huh. in Dallas, what they've done, you can pick up kickers all the time. You know, Justin Tucker is the best kicker of all time. He's a free agent. I mean, you just don't do that. Um, I think it's a, it was a problem, especially when they gave Trey Lance, you know, they gave away all those picks for Trey Lance. I just don't think you spend a third rounder on, on a kicker. Okay. Having said that, I'm still nervous because the 48 yarder, which people around here are downplaying, that was a low kick and that got blocked, but it was a low kick. He did hit the 52 yarder later, which was absolutely huge, especially given that Carlson missed his kick. But yeah, he's a rookie kicker in the game prior. He missed an extra point and he missed a a field goal in that one. The thing to watch out for, for Jake Moody. And I don't know why this is the case on kicks that are lined up on the right hash. 
he tends to push those right. So if you, if you see a kick that is either middle or left hash, and they'll try to set him up if they can. But for some reason this year, the, the Cleveland kick that they missed, Brock Purdy put him down in position to try to win that game late. And Jake Moody missed that kick right. It was on the right hash. The kicks that he missed, not the extra point, but the last field goal he missed uh, was off the right hash in the regular season. So he, for some reason, he has that issue. But the wins, well, they don't swirl like some other stadiums. This is in Buffalo. But certainly, Levi Stadium can have wind issues, and he, and he just he still hasn't figured them out. So look, you're talking about a rookie kicker you took in the third round, and Robbie Gold, their previous kicker, as everybody knows, never missed in a uh, a postseason extra point or field goal. So it's a massive difference, and it certainly is in the back of everybody's mind here. Nope, spot on, great tidbit there. Uh, we have about two minutes left here, John. What's the explanation yeah. for Kyle Shanahan being so conservative in that game before halftime? <laughs> Uh, there was 409 left at the 25 yard line and they're up seven, six. And the, the thing Kyle Shanahan has this thought that you have to, that there are analytics that say, if you possess the ball, touch it last before the half, that that's a massive advantage. I can't find those analytics. There's a huge debate here. I don't think those analytics exist, but that's what Kyle Shanahan says to me. And you guys can chime in here. You worry about the clock. There's no question. But what it tells me is he doesn't have faith in his defense at this point. And this defense isn't the same, especially against the run. As we saw those big alleys against Green Bay. And I don't think he trusts his defense because with 409 left up a point, you worry about the clock last and you worry about scoring first. Those are your priorities. So mm-hmm. score and then worry about the clock. When they won the game, there was a minute seven left. They weren't sitting there going, oh, the clock, the clock, the clock. They had to score. So yeah. for the half, yeah. Yes, Kyle, Kyle Shanahan and Green Bay took the ball. People forget Green Bay did them a favor by taking the ball. They could have gotten a score there with that 48-yard field goal, yes. taking it out to start the half, and doubled up on the Packers. They didn't get a score before the half because Moody's kick was blocked, and they did three and out before the half. So those are those are the big things for Kyle Shanahan, and he didn't get either of them done against Green Bay. Yeah, great perspective. Follow John on X. He's at John Lund Radio. His podcast is called Unleashed Bay Area Sports, and also pop in Lund weekdays on KMBR 680. Uh, quickly here, do they win the game? Do they cover? I think they win the game. I don't think they cover because they're, they're just, I, I just have a lot of nervous, especially against the run. I'll okay. just tell you, I, I think they win. I don't think they cover. I'm with mm. you. Thanks, Sean. We appreciate it. Excellent. Thanks guys. Always good. Thank yeah. you, sir. I think so too, right? This should be a Gibson Montgomery game. Uh-huh. We saw with Aaron Jones on Saturday night. That's yeah. how you can go at this team. Not easy to pass against them. In pocket plays coming up next on follow the money. It's Visa, the sports betting network. Hi, I'm Rachel Zoe, and my podcast, Climbing in Heels, is back and better than ever. You might know me from the Rachel Zoe Project, or perhaps from my work as a celebrity stylist. And guess what? I'm still just as obsessed with all things fashion, beauty, and business. Climbing in Heels is all about celebrating the stories of extraordinary women, and this season is here to bring you a weekly dose of glamour, inspiration, and fun. Listen to Climbing in Heels every Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.